Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Decisive Podcast Series special. Today, I welcome a guest from Berlin, originally from New York. He runs three labels. One is Thema, Thema Digital, and Chronicle. This gentleman's name is Lenny Passo. I'm happy to have him on the program. I'm glad that you are here, and I hope that you enjoy the program today. The interview is quite long but very informative and I hope that you can get something from this interview as you know I love to interview uh, the artists and listen to what they have to say and what makes them tick what gives them the power to continue to excel in this underground music scene so without further ado let's get on with it with the decisive podcast series interview with Lenny Paso. Okay, hello everybody. This is uh, Roberto Ingram. Welcome to another Decisive Podcast series. This is a Decisive Podcast series special with a buddy that I met surprisingly uh, uh, buying his music. Uh, the label is called Thema, and his name is Lenny Paso. Uh, <laughs> we accidentally met uh, with me overpaying <laughs> for uh, a, a, a record which I was very excited about but we went, mm. I'd like to welcome him to the sh welcome him to the show uh, it's thank been a, you yeah Cheers. it's been a long time coming Lenny thank you for being here buddy no I'm happy to uh, to contribute to be a part of it thanks for asking oh, cool yeah um it's been a while um, we I guess we yeah. met uh, almost a year ago huh or more I think so. Actually, I think it was even a little longer than that. Uh, last, not the last summer, but the summer before. Oh, that's true. That's true. And yeah. you were, at that time, you were still living in New York, right? No, no, no. I was living in Berlin. I've been in Berlin already for two and a half, two years and change. Oh, Probably okay. two and a half years now, yeah. Okay. And what was the reason yeah. for that change? <laughs> Ooh, that's a, that's a loaded question there it's a long one that's a big one yeah we make it easy uh, for, I, I, for several reasons i mean yeah, yeah yeah i mean uh i got to the point where i just sort of felt like i outgrew new york um okay. i'm born and raised okay. there i love the city okay uh don't get me wrong new york city is definitely you know not don't get me wrong about why i left new york it wasn't mm -hmm. that i i um i didn't like new york or i was tired of new york in, in, in some aspects i was but you know, New York is a great city. It's an amazing city, one of a kind and stuff. But I felt that I needed to change, you know. Um, well, if you I look at a, it positive, if you look at it on a positive tip, change is good. Yeah, yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I can, you know, <clears throat> once I, I guess further in this discussion, I was, it, was, it hasn't been an easy transition. It's been very difficult on several levels on several you know mentally spiritually you know uh, career-wise I, um, I get it you know even just getting acclimated into the city as we were discussing beforehand before this interview you know i'm going through the visa renewal process right now and it's crazy i'm just um baffled with the amount of information they need to to know and everything i respect it and everything but i'll tell you that the process is long and tedious and the brain drainer it's also a, a personal <clears throat> commitment it sounds like <laughs> that it that too yes that is a an understatement and Speaking that's also 
and that's also re certifying my reasons for leaving you know because i'm really now having to really sort of you know i'm sticking to the guns like hey man that's it you know there's no turning back i'm here to stay i want to grow in this i you know made a decision i'm a part of this music this culture um and yeah it's just another another i, I guess better put another chapter of my life that i'm sort of entering and and it's um you have family in the states and do they miss you a lot yeah i'm born and raised in new york city yeah um i've been there my whole life uh, but i traveled a lot i've done my fair share of uh, i've seen the fa a fair share of the world djing or just traveling you know i guess um, what i was trying to get at was um leaving the states you said it was uh the for the scene and for the music and mm. i'm sure that that's for, uh kind of a expected change when you're moving with your job and your job you can do your job what you do uh wherever you're at and mm -hmm. um to get up and leave um by choice of course and by change of course to that mm -hmm. was that uh the family was the family are you married you have kids no no i'm not i'm single okay. um i was dating somebody when i had left we had lived, we were living together and stuff but uh that was that's the, the farthest of that extent um yeah but my family actually they became as they saw me always coming to europe they sort they were very supportive of it they just sort of oh, great. my mom was like i knew this was going to happen sooner or later so yeah oh, you know what am i going to do <laughs> what nationality are you actually um i am peruvian and colombian my mother's oh, peruvian and my wonderful. father's colombian but i was born in new rochelle new york and lived a big portion of my life in Yonkers and then uh, when I was teenage years I moved to the Bronx and then Brooklyn and then yeah between these different cities is the are there differences between um, the music uh, or the... Hmm, good question I uh... I don't think the commitment to the music is different. No, there, there are people who are diehard everywhere you go, and I think what it is is the size of that community. Some cities they're huge. You know, Berlin has a huge community and supports all various sides and colors and shapes and shades and, and textures of techno and house and electronic music. Where in New York, it's a sort of more smaller. Uh, group of people but as of recently maybe not so recent maybe the last 10 years now mm -hmm. the scene has really developed and has gotten a lot bigger and a lot more wow. richer um, you know some of my friends say man Lenny why did you leave Every, you know things blown up over here all my good friends that you know were a part of my groups my team or whatever right. uh, they're all blown up they're playing everywhere and I'm super proud and happy for them but um yeah I, i was at the point where i just couldn't wait anymore for that to happen and mm -hmm. i was getting more love in europe and coming over here and getting way more proper gigs and you know are just... the are the are the are the are there any real differences in the club scene between oh those yeah scenes? yeah there's very small it's a very small professional group of people who would pay you you know no 
compromising, you know, no like negotiating your fee and stuff like that. Like, this is what you do, this is what you get. Yeah, sure. Everything taken care of. It's a very small area of that in the States, you know, that, that are professional. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest is DIY, DIY, you know, and just smaller groups and, you know, budgets are a lot less, you know, like, oh man, listen, we got 500 for the whole night for a flight and this and that, you know, and it's like, oh, okay. wait. <laughs> and when, when did you start DJing professionally and why? Hmm. Um, ooh, that's, that goes back now a little bit, I'd say. I would professionally like in clubs and real like real nice venues it started pretty early for me i've been lucky um in new york you know i teamed up with some people who are now they're huge and they're big and yeah i don't know i would say 2002 maybe three let's just say 2005 because i think that's when i started also coming overseas to play Okay, and your inspiration was from oh several. <laughs> give me, give me to start off. Give me so one many. big moment of inspiration that um, provoked you to become a DJ with this type of music. Was it hip hop before? Was it jazz? Was it techno? Mm, was it, was was it always? Long... Was it always um, electronic music? It, yes, I will say it was always been some form of electronic music. Okay. And, uh, you know, in New York, I, I'll just go through the sort of decades because that's okay, really great. the okay, definer. Um, you yeah, know, as growing up, my best friend across the street, we really were, uh, we were really sort of fascinated with music that was a sort of I guess, for lack of a better word, underground. It wasn't as popular, you know, small, um, maybe even also, I will even say, like, more Latino and black music-based and stuff. You know, that that was kind of uh, a thing, you know, like, like let's just say, like, hip-hop, when it was brand new, it was really a Latino and a black thing, you know? And I, same thing with the, the house music. It was very much that kind of thing. And so the communities, everyone got together, was playing in the backyards and stuff like that. You know, you're like, wow, what is this? This is super cool, you know? Um, <clears throat> so I don't know. It kind of started in a way for like electro hip hop. Um, and then that turned into like freestyle. I don't know if you remember freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> TKA. And, you know. Uh, you know, uh, oh my God, there's so many of them. Um, and from there, it turned into sort of, I guess, maybe like punk and grunge. Oh, super. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was sort of, and, 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 then, and then a little after that, I was in industrial, you know, Nitsareb. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Meat Beat Manifesto. Oh, man, you, you bringing know, it back. Memory. Thrill Kill Cult. and oh, and then. Yeah. From those, from that, it sort of went into techno because that, there's very much of a techno base in that music. Right. And so, or well, or you know what? Let me back up. Let me first say maybe it was more house music because I was introduced into the music, the house music scene, in say like 1987. 87. Yeah, my best friend, as I said, who lived across the street from me, his cousin was the DJ at La Mirage in the Bronx. Wow. So as a young kid, we were going to these clubs and we were just, you know, and another reason why we were sort of like, yo, man, we got to take these kids was we were dancers. 
So we would show up and we bust these moves and you know we'd start the party, man. People what style getting, of dancing were you doing at this time? We, at that time, it was freestyle and you know electro, Punk, like Vogue. <laughs> yeah, Vogue came in more in the nineties, ninety-two. Okay, I'll say ninety-two, ninety-four, somewhere along, around I, that time. There was some kind of yeah, okay, yeah, well, yeah, or maybe even a little bit before, but yeah, it was disco some, kind of thing. Yeah, and so we would just like pop rocking and oh, jump. there you go, pop. Okay, good. There you, go, pop, you know, pop. just doing these sort of like hip hop based dance into house music of course and um so we started at a very young age me and my best friend and we were going to all these different clubs eventually and then you know we were really i think what what, what it was too is that we were really um we were really keen on this scene because at the time with the blacks and the spanish latino it got really violent it was getting ugly you know people would we go to these things and somebody will get into a fight and some, some, you know, later on it would turn into gunshots, somebody uh, stabbed. I, I hear you. You know, and so this was an epidemic and friends of ours, it got to the point where even some friends of ours in close circles were like, you know, getting hurt, getting killed, you know, really sad stories. And we we're like, oh, shoot, well, oh, man, I'm not going to risk my life to go dancing. Right, and then we saw this culture, this community of people dancing and dancing all night. You know, they were black, white, Spanish, but mostly Spanish, Latino, blacks, and this really, we were like, "Wow, what is this?" We couldn't believe that this was like a real thing. Like, amazing! It was amazing. It, it was it's thrilling. It was thrilling. So we mm. really caught on to it, and me and my best friend, you know, we became a big integral part of the the gangs or the groups and you know and so they always brought us into the clubs and we got into every place you name it we knew you know i was very lucky you got into every place now every okay give me let's narrow down the every give me those the ones (laughs) you enjoyed the most the name i'll tell you the color of the walls dude Ah. Uh, you you tell me the names because i don't know which clubs oh man well so like you know there's one club that was a very big definition for me, a big, big influence. Um, and I have to say, and I think a lot of New Yorkers and other people who know of this era, and stuff, they will say the same thing. Like, everybody mm. hypes up Limelight as if this was oh, the same. Okay, okay. And it, don't get me wrong, it was hot. It's I'm hot, really you know. It was a big club. It had a lot of big nights. But it was also, there was also... A commercial element to it like almost anybody could get inside there there was a club called red zone where um a drag queen kenny kenny used to work at the front door and there was not a queue there was an ocean of people there trying to get inside this club <laughs> and as it got popular that ocean just got bigger and bigger but the funny thing is the word on the streets and everything you know whenever you told somebody like hey yo let's go to red zone people would freak out hell no i am not going over there because (laughs) the drag queen had to pick you and if she didn't like what you were wearing or what how you looked or wow something you know come on we all know how how flamboyant they are of course you know so they would they would just do these crazy disses to people oh hell no honey you better not even (laughs) <laughs> you're not getting in here and people just oh there is no guest list tonight walk in shame you know and so oh boy the truth is too a lot oh of those boy. people who got rejected from there so it was sort of like a bird kind man if not even harder because it was just this one drag queen that religiously was there 
at that front door for like three, four years. Wow. She ran that club. Okay, and but the club was success because it was it was a hit. David Morales was a DJ, and that was another okay. thing. It was one DJ all night long. All know? night long. All okay. night long, and <clears throat> you had Does... every walk of life, from rich to you know street kids to. You know, Donald Trump, Madonna. I met Madonna. I met Madonna in the Sound Factory. Wow. With Junior I, Vasquez. I met Madonna in Los Angeles, California. In Soul, <laughs> nice. Soul Train. Now, with, with, that, with that history, mm -hmm. bringing, going, leaving New York, coming here, does mm -hmm. that, do you still uh, embrace and is it still part of your? Oh yeah, yeah. Your, I mean, your your future and part of your your you know, mm. you still contribute to this uh, um, this past um, at today. Yeah, look, I, I will say that I'm really lucky and um, honored to have experienced what I did back in those days in the beginning of the scene. You know, one thing I will say too, and I think we can all sort of understand on that is, is like, it was new music at the time you know so it was really fun. it was really exciting people were really coming together it was you know it didn't have any bad thing connected to it it wasn't like at that point too it wasn't like oh that's drug music and this no and boundaries no boundaries you loved it you loved it no genres it's it's you know house and techno electronic music is not for everyone we are definitely like i think everyone can agree on that <laughs> which should be understood in the first place yeah but those that kind of gravitated towards it and understood it and felt it it became a culture it was and it's still this culture and it's gotten only bigger and now it's not new music though 30 years later here we are we're still excited about records we're still excited about going out the scene has only gotten bigger and better. I, I think I'm going to say personally, I think it has, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that that's another huge conversation. There's its ups and downs in it, as in every everything business in and everything. everything. So, you know, life. things have changed dramatically, too, from when I remember when I was first buying records to the process or the, the way records and music is coming out now, you know, um, I'm also very lucky to have experienced what I had did in the early 80s and 90s to continue into 2000 and to see the development, exactly. even the styles and the you can genres look back and be come proud, in huh? cycles. And, oh, yeah. You know, um, I never had some moments since 1999. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, not 1989. Uh, that I stepped away. For a long time from this music I, I, i'll say honestly i've always been attached to it in some way shape or form from djing to throwing parties to just being a dancer you know now you have you you run you run two labels right three three labels okay we'll go we'll go through each label but mm -hmm. um have you had any experiences in running labels before or what other no, jobs none. did you have contribute to such a uh, you have such a type of this type of job because it's uh, distribution, it's artists, uh, a, a and R work, it's uh, um, a lot of um, uh, administrative um, procedures. Yeah. 
these administrative procedures. Mm-hmm. Have you ever have you ever ever worked at a distribution or any other labels before this? <laughs> no, I've never worked in another record label with or no, I've never worked with another record label before. Um, it's funny how I got into it or why I got into it. Um, but I did work for a distribution. This okay, I did. There you go. There you go. I, I worked for Syntax back in. Uh, the late 90s, I think, like 96 to 97, when it was in Manhattan still, because it later on moved to Queens in this big warehouse place. But uh, at that point, I was just going to buy records from them since I had worked for them. They would let me go and buy direct, you know, at distribution price. So that was great. That was oh, super. That helped my record collection expand mm-hmm. tremendously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you get a not a lot of knowledge working for the distribution? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I think. What was most valuable to you? Uh, my learning of the Detroit, Chicago, the U.S. market. To be honest, U.S. market. Okay. Yeah, because living in New York. Um, well, I wouldn't even say living in New York. I'll just say just being a buyer. In general, I kind of went with the trends of what was going on in the 90s, and most of it was coming from Europe, you know, in my eyes, or what was being, like, Well, that's presented. your experience, of course. Your experience. Yeah, that's your experience. my experience. I, understand. I would say, you know, there was a lot of stuff coming out at a certain, from the UK, you know, from Surgeon to Regis. Oh, yeah. James Ruskin, Oliver Ho. Right. We, me and my best friends, me and my group, we were really into that sound. We were just... Blown away by that techno. Yeah, I love some Oliver Holmes. Yeah. Oh my God, man! Surface. All those labels had. We saw it on the wall. We bought two copies instantly. We didn't even listen to it. We just right. walked up to it. Just took two copies, put it on the counter. <laughs> you know? Okay, what else? <laughs> so right, right. It was that. It, we had that. It was like that. You know? And then later on, it was Swedish techno. Um. Yeah, of course, there was always Germany. There was some people coming out of Japan that were interesting. And um, so, with this district, with this distribution, you oh, so my point getting is like yeah. I was buying all this sort of overseas music, and right. while I was working at the distribution, that's when I started to learn about you know all these other labels out of Detroit. Right. I don't know why it sort of worked that way in my experience, but I got onto Detroit did. in the U.S. market much later than I did, you know, it was like maybe 99, 2000, where I was like actually paying attention to it, you know, beforehand it was always sort of European. Not to say that, but it, with house music, it was New York, so, <laughs> of course. you know, so we had enough house music labels enough. and stuff like that. There was a lot yeah, of house plenty. coming out of New York, and we got to the point, too, where we kind of tired of that gospel, that soulful house that, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, this stuff is playing everywhere, you know. And like I said, we were, me and my friends, we were always geared towards this under-the-surface, you know, really cutting-edge, underground sound. And so we felt that house music wasn't progressing, it wasn't doing as much. And kind of the same cookie-cutter stuff was coming out for a long time. And then we jumped into the techno. We were like, wow, this is, ooh, this is a heady crazy music you know and when did you when did you finish working uh at the distribution i don't know it was a short stint i think i worked there maybe a year year and a half i'd say okay and then after this you started your labels or 
No, I was actually, while I was uh, working at the distribution, I was going to a very nice art school in New York City called Cooper Union. And I was in the art school there. Um, Great. Yeah, that, that had a big influence on my direction and choice of taking this music on as one of my, as my, my art, as my sort of, yeah, you know, being a curator to these labels for me, it's really important because I'm relating it to the philosophies yeah, or philosophy the, the yeah, the, 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 the theories and stuff like that yeah. within the art world, you know. Mm -hmm. When I got in there, I learned all these different spectrums of the art world. And, you know, there's always an underground for every art, for architecture, engineering, even poetry, writers. Uh, painters, sculptors, you know, there's always this sort of sector, section that's cutting, you know, a little different, doing something a little bit more progressive or, and for me, I felt that that's what techno was. It was like our music of the future. Okay. And when did you, which label came first? Was it Chronicle or Thema? Thema. Thema is the mothership. That was the uh, so how it sort of came to be was while I was in Cooper Union, I went abroad. I went in 1999, I went to Amsterdam and I went to the Rietveld Art Academy mm. and an exchange student thing. And that's when the whole thing started for me about being, you know, just seeing all these large scale parties, uh, meeting all these bigger DJs. And so I met a lot of them in New York uh, because I was a with a few friends who we would bring in a lot of these big names, you know, to different clubs or venues and stuff. So when I got to Europe, it was sort of, a, I had already known some of them. And so when I got here, hey, yo, Lenny's in town, let's hang out. Or, you know, or he, or, you know, he's playing. Oh yeah, I'll put you on the list, come on through, have drinks, chill. Um, but I, yeah, I, I traveled all throughout Germany around that time and I just couldn't believe, or all over Europe, and I couldn't believe the the amount of people that were going to these events. <laughs> you know, the whole techno scene was huge. Like and, rock stars, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. it was just, it was very impressive. It was this sort of like a huge eye opener, you know, because, mm. like I said, when we brought all these people over to New York, these big names and stuff like. There was nobody in... Look, there was a time we brought in Oliver Ho to Limelight. Robert Hood, Steve Rachmad, uh, I think James okay. Bruskin. Okay, Steve, huh? Yeah, and uh, there was 25 people on the dance floor. Mm. Then I come over here, overseas, it's 5,000 people mm -hmm. on a dance floor. And now it's 25,000 people. So it's <laughs> really interesting to see these, these changes in development and... Um, Again, there's the good and the bad side, you know. And what is the music concept behind Thema? Hmm. Well, I wouldn't say this is a strong concept. It, it started off as this sort of concept label, that I'll admit. And um, as I got in more into the business and stuff like that, and the, the amount of time it takes, and just the amount of risk that you're taking with also putting out some music and stuff, I try to streamline it and kind of get a little bit more straightforward. Theme is the mothership. That's the first label. Um, and what I wanted to do was sort of create this big 
project where you know artists, visual artists, writers, video artists all came together and put together some sort of release for the label. Um, Nice. And like I said, that was a big lofty idea, and mm. I'm a one-man army, uh, and I, I run the, rail, the labels by myself, you know. Um, that's a team it, effort right there. Yeah. That's a real so, team effort right there because... You know, though, I... Sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. I was just uh, uh, thinking thinking out loud, that's a real team <laughs> effort there, all yeah. those uh, different types of jobs that uh, are required to meet deadlines mm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. the creativity uh, put inside this concept and to see the philosophy come to life yeah that sounds a more more uh, so yeah, like four was... more so like four people <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you're you're right about that and so I'll go back to also saying that's one of the reasons why I moved to Berlin though is to be able to pursue that okay, I don't cool. want to give up on that part of I the understand. label I understand um the label itself really I mean it's just about putting out cutting edge music that's how I see it and I mean that's just the simple boilerplate of it um, and can you say that can you say that till this date how many releases you have now on Thema uh, we're in, we are technically on number 46 46 so that's good you keep that, yeah, keep that number 10 keep years it. in last year 2000, summer of 2016 was our 10 year mark and I'm proud. Uh, you know, this project turned into a bigger thing than I thought it would ever turn into. Um, and it is a lot of these, like what you had said, clerical work. Uh, yes. This all, you know, and I, I'll be honest though, because when I was living in New York, I was doing it somewhat as like a hobby or side thing. You know, my interest, it was something that I've always been interested in. And something I've, the scene I've always wanted to contribute to because I was so close to it for so long. Um, I had a full-time job, so I wasn't dependent on any of the money or, or things from the label. Um, but now, since I moved here, it has definitely turned into more of a job, and I'm trying to build up certain avenues that I didn't build up years before. Mm-hmm. Um, and how? And so how- that- Oh, I'm sorry. Go it's ahead. been a challenge. That's no, all I was gonna say. <laughs> and how 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 are your fans receiving this message of change? And do they know that you are now based in Europe? Um, not so many people do. Um, I I, I don't know. You know, one thing that I say when you mentioned something about distribution, I think that's the one part for me that's been sort of a hard thing to get going. The A and R is where I really sort of I have Drums. nice connections with the artists. That's the part that I definitely flourish in. Okay. I like flourish. to select a very unique group of artists and where I feel that are also current and or maybe futuristic. Mm-hmm. Let's you know, um, they're a little ahead of their time, or or in some cases too. I think I will even say underappreciated and you know not. Had, haven't had their shine and in some cases some of these artists blew up recently and mm-hmm. I'm honored that in some point somebody's going to go through the catalog and say wow what this guy did this release on this label too you know and I feel that it, I'm, I'm proud because I'm very proud of my, my roster and the artists that I have selected throughout the years 
And if you know the music too, if you go through the the history of it, it definitely spans a couple genres. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love it very much. And I, and going back to your your uh, theme about um, futuristic, um, do you think that? Nah, that's where Chronicle comes into play. <laughs> well, you did mention a little bit that um, Thema is also based upon this. Uh, yeah, well, the artist, futuristic yeah, artist. Yeah, yeah. Now, how are the club or the DJs finding this music, working on their dance floors? Are the people as just as futuristic, or are you more futuristic than they are? Oh, and they, I don't know. It's... It's a give or take. I'm not really yeah. sure. I think everybody that's in, ingesting this music and stuff have some sort of uh, similar interests, passions, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it does coincide. People do. It, it pollinates in such different ways. Um, I don't the, know. I, the know. reason why I ask is because I love it. I love oh, this you. idea of this futuristic approach and and artists that are able to actually do this and actually get the message across and the people just eat it up now mm -hmm. are they capable of having something as futuristic and fresh and new and <laughs> you know uh, i don't know i'm cautious to answer that question because yeah. I, I don't know it's um, you know the business has changed so much on so many levels that yeah i have to say sometimes recently i i'm I'm losing the luster for it because of all the bullshit that's yeah. like associated with running a label at the moment, you know. Exactly. Uh, it's it's not easy. It's not easy, and there's a you know, I'm learning nowadays too. That you have to pay to play, mm -hmm. you know, and I, uh, you know, I'm cautious to say this, but okay. you know, a lot of these labels that you see all blowing up on all the all the different. Um, you know internets and uh social networks social networks and stuff you know they're paying for this you know and um well this is isn't this also considered advertisement for the label yes the, that's that if you look at it like this yeah 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 okay. yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so in some sense you have to do it but you know in in the other sense i think it's kind of got a little perverted too tell me about chronicle Mm, that's my new baby yeah that one came much later um actually really the sound of thema was supposed to be the, t the chronicle sound but under the time well, when it started or whatever with the label um with thema in 2006 mostly you know in new york the sound was not techno anymore actually what was big at the time was this big minimal Richie Haw and minus sound that was sort of took over. You know, all the clubs, everyone, even the hard techno DJs, some of them turned and started playing this minimal sound, and some of them totally jumped off. And it's only until recently that you're seeing some of these big techno techno guys come back. But um, so yeah, I wanted to have Thema the sound of Chronicle, but uh, I had to wait. I had to wait until the time was right, and in 2012, uh, I felt it was the time, you know, to to bring that label to life. You know, I had uh, also taken in some information, learned how to run a label and stuff with having started FEMA, 
And so, yeah, I felt a little bit more confident with presenting Chronicle. Okay, yeah. so Chronicle is minimal, futuristic. Yeah. Okay. Techno, big techno. room techno. Big yeah. room techno, and Thema is more the housey stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say housey Detroit techno. Um, I mean, I have put out techno on that label too, but I think the be- the better description of it now, being that I live here in Berlin too, is like, I would say Thema is more panorama bar, okay, good. Okay, and good. Chronicle is more Berlin. Good, 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 good. That's good so, to say. Now, there's, there's, that's two different labels. Now, the third one. The third one is the digital. Tell me, yeah. tell me the concept behind that one. Thema Digital. So, that one started off as the eighth release off of Thema. Um, sort of branched off of Thema. Uh, and how that came to be was that I was receiving a lot of demos. And at the time, I was listening to most of them. And I have to say, I was really impressed with a lot of these demos and you know logistically i just felt like i could not release this amount of music you know on vinyl not to mention how difficult it is to even put out a big name a well-known artist (laughs) (laughs) so you know i felt that with some of these demos and these young artists hitting me up with this like you know amazing music i was like I need to put this out, so I created the platform Thema Digital, um, and it's been an interesting ride. I have to say, some releases have done really well or gotten a lot of hype, um, played by a lot of the big names. Um, yeah, and I, I've also gone to see, or I've seen a few of the artists gone on to do bigger and better, better things. You know, blow up and put out on some very nice labels. If there was three, three different artists on all three different labels that has done very well for mm-hmm. Chronicle, for Thema, and for Thema Digital, who would those artists be? <laughs> I like that question. Um, let's say, let's start with Thema. Um, I would say. Now, what, what do you mean done well? Or meaning, like... meaning, you know. When you put out a, the Thema in the year 2017, 2016, there must have been like a a really big response on one of these artists. And, and okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say Terrence Dixon, when I yes, first introduced sir. him, he yes, was the, that was well received. That was the one that put me on the map with Thema. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that so a lot one. of people really enjoyed that. DJ Slip. Actually, that yep. one came out before him. Oh, D- yeah, DJ Slip a long time ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he was like another artist who, at the time, like resurgence. Oh my God, we haven't heard from this guy in ten years. Yeah, you know? it's like his first record in ten years. Yeah. Um, and the same story with Terrence Dixon. At that time, when we did the the Parkhurst EP, this was probably the first EP before his jump into putting out a lot of music now i'm not going to say that i'm responsible for his flow no, no not at it. all I get it's it. just how the you know the pieces of the puzzle came together and i hit him up many years ago and you know i had known his music for years and actually and i had his tracks for a little while and i was you know i learned to run running a label is like playing chess you have to set up the releases when is it a good time you know the sound of the of the the records themselves you know how will it play 
And so, yeah, do, when do he, you test? Do you test this? The releases before releasing them, or oh yeah, okay, oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, that's mandatory. Okay, yeah. And and you've been DJing for a while now, and you've DJed mm-hmm. all over. And you, there must be one of your oh, most... but wait, hold on. I didn't okay. finish. We didn't finish the question with the artist. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's right. What, what are so, we on? We're on Thema. We're on. It was Thema. Terrence Dixon. I'll say Norm Tally. Another one. Ah! Real right, Norman, Stormin Norman. I love that guy. He's great. Um, great artist. Um, really humble guy. Uh, really nice to work with. Down to earth. Down to earth. And man, he knows how to smash it. So I love, I love him. Um, Ark. Uh, oh, big yeah. future response that's right. that's right with my man Ark who's a very very clear close dear friend of mine um and he's very versatile this guy yes is, he's incredible yeah. he's incredible. he's crazy yeah Christopher Rao that was a big release for us oh um, yeah wait Christopher Rao was a, a great had a great house it was more in the yeah. house genre mm-hmm. that was one of the Third just love me baby no that yeah. was number 27 12, 27 okay good that was wow yeah, yeah. I, pl- I played that release at the my closing set at, at uh, free rotation oh, in 2010 nice. i remember that yes i remember that That's yeah weird. i really enjoyed that record um anything you else know, then- like this coming from christopher rao on your label um any no no he's he's doing his own thing now so you know okay. i think we we did what we did and now okay. i'm but my gear my interests are also changing too so i'm going in different directions too so i understand when some artists went no i'm not sure you know my sound okay. is going a different direction and okay theme is going a different direction so it makes sense you know, so that's why I'm always looking and keeping my ear to the ground. Who's making a unique sound? Where is the sound going? And that's where that's a big problem for a lot of labels right now. I think uh, it's. It, 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 I want to word this correctly because it's complicated. Uh, you know, there's a huge oversaturation of labels mm-hmm. at the moment, and it's really difficult to now sort of get anything to sell or move or to be hot and this hot period is now even also shorter and shorter lifespan of a a good record i get get you is maybe one month you know and so these styles and these genres are changing constantly and so like how do we project what's going to be hot by the time this record comes out you know and will it be valid or how you know for how long we had to think about all that and you know sometimes uh we hit it and sometimes we don't you know every label has some releases that did extremely well and others that didn't um and sometimes we also you get to the question like man we thought it was going to do well it was a, it's a, a kill of a record but we only sold 300 you know um, 300 to 500 is <laughs> that's the norm now the norm now I mean. that's the norm when i then i'm not going back to say like 97 5000 was the low number wow yeah. and, the, and the and the thema digital series what artists thema digital series that, um you know most of those are all new so suburb is okay. one guy's one group of 
guys from Hamburg that I did a couple of releases with. I, I really loved their sound. Um, they were very much in the uh, Smallville, Richard uh, okay, Christopher Rao sound. Great. Yeah. I met them in New York. I heard a demo from them. I was like, wow, I knew I had to put them on. Um, they went on and did some nice projects. Uh, you know, I think, I think I really like, I think I really like that um, direction um, with the Christopher Rao movies mm. because it was house, but it wasn't too housey. It wasn't too techno No, it was just, yeah. It was just perfect, rounded piece of music mm. you know and I really really enjoyed that stuff I'm really enjoying that now um, and uh, yeah I would look forward to some more of uh, the new coming talent mm. that are have no boundaries <laughs> sure, they just, sure yeah they just lay it down they just lay it down there uh, kind of give but, a raw uh, feel yeah yeah so I, let me think who else on that I would say Martin Bolemo on the FEMA digital um and then maybe some of the more recent stuff I, I'm, I'm really digging. Uh, this guy, Legal, he did some really, really nice techno release for me. And so nice and so amazing that we're going to do a vinyl release cool. uh, next cool. year. I think on Chronicle, because his sound is just, he's really good. And, you know, he signed on to some nice labels, Len Faki's label, uh, Figure. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. Cool. Well, congratulations on that. I mean, that's a lot of hard work, and and um, it I, has been. It has yeah. been. Yes, it has. And I really um, wish you all the best on uh, as you make this transition um, from uh, you know getting getting uh, your licenses and stuff, and getting your permission to uh, continue on and make your. I know you you got your new your new space, and you settled yeah. in. You yes, settled I in. Am. That was a that was a big jump. <laughs> it was. It was way harder. And that's the thing, too. That's what I what I'm saying. All these different things that I'm doing, everything's become twenty percent harder because I'm in a new country. I don't speak the language that well. Uh, the transition of being here has been really challenging at some point in some crossroads and things like that. Yeah, some but I'm sure to get. I'm sure I'll get better. You seem like a very, very great person a great guy oh, thank and, you and man I'll, cause I'll, I'll oh. never I'll never forget I will never forget getting that email from you when I made that big mistake oh yeah and yeah. I was uh, um, and I was uh, very happy and uh, cheers man thank yeah. you man. and yeah no I'm very happy to have um, to be here man this transition for me was important and it was needed and I'm happy to be here and to build this up and to keep on going with this uh, genre, these artists, with the labels. Um, you know, it's slowly but surely everything is kind of lining up and coming together. Uh, there's a lot of plans in the future for all the labels I, um, and myself. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to talk about you just shortly. Um, you're DJing now. Uh, uh, yeah. you're, um, where's, you're in Berlin. Mm -hmm. And if you could have a residency, where would that resident residency be? Uh, that, that's a good question. Um, I kind of do have a residency at the moment. Okay. We're going to be doing some regular nights about three, four times a year at uh, Renata. Ah, uh, yeah, Radio Renata. Yeah, Wilder. Wilder, Wilder, Wilder. 
Yeah, Valda, yeah. So I, I, I recently did a night there and it went really well. We had such a great turnout. The energy, the all the DJs played amazing. Aubrey was off the chain. Uh, um, Aubrey, what's Aubrey up? Aubrey was off the chain. Big up to Aubrey. Big up to Adam Marshall. He was, whew, he was. Adam Marshall too, huh? All Adam right. Marshall was playing like Jeff Mills, man. He was uh, flying uh, through records. He was throwing them behind him. And, oh, man. Yeah, old school, man. Oh, man. Um, and the sound is great in there. It is absolutely amazing in that room. Um so they yeah they offered me to do something regularly with them now I'm so happy for you. as far as the techno sound and everything i think i would like to do something more at trezor believe it or not over bergheim so the so the 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 uh rinalta is more house uh yeah but there's the techno floor too and so when we played we played techno Okay. More Detroit techno, not Bergheim-ish. <laughs> okay, right. More more Detroit techno. Yeah. And, okay, good. And that was your first. And 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 um, DJing in New York, DJing in Europe. Mm-hmm. Say that again. DJing in New York, mm-hmm. in America, and DJing in Europe. What do you find more inspiration? What, what do you find better? At oh. The, at, well, uh, I, I feel freer in Europe. Okay, good. Yeah, I feel a bit freer here to be able to kind of venture and go deep into a sound, either, you know, really heavy and hard or really deep and soulful. It depends on where I'm playing, you know. And in New York, um, I'm not going to say that they, you can't do that or anything like that, but the scenes are much smaller. and I don't know. I never really... I, and I don't want to talk about... Uh, certain because what I would say would be just stuff from the past because now things have changed and oh, yeah. the scenes are definitely much bigger and better over there and I haven't well, really sure. been playing yeah and I'm happy to see that because it took a long time um, yeah I see this as, I see that most of, uh, I've been doing this also for about 20, 70, 25 years and I've seen these ups and downs and and this is how it goes this is how it works yeah, and I think that there is no city, state, country that has been consistently uh, on top without going down. You go down and you come back up. You go down and you come back up. And yeah, I think, uh, 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 the renewal of everything and the changing of of the changing of the younger people getting old and the new generation coming in and the you know all these things. Uh, all these things change yeah and, yes they uh, do yeah, yeah change yeah. the whole dynamics but, one, but the one thing i will say is like techno in berlin is still big it's oh, yeah. still huge oh yeah and 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 healthy and that's why a lot of people are coming over here the scene has gotten bigger and stuff like that like <laughs> and all everyone that's living here too we're seeing this huge influx of people um that's why we also mentioned the housing situation. It took me a long time to find a place to live. It was not easy. <laughs> it is not easy. So you people out there think like, yeah, let's all go to Berlin and it's going to be great. It's, you're going to be in for a shocker. <laughs> okay, you have, you have two, different, two different DJ names. Mm-hmm. Lenny Paso and uh, Serif. Serif, yeah. Serif. Yeah. 
Why? Actually, that, that uh, serif is something to do with typography, uh, graphic okay. design. Okay. Um, it's the font. It's the different fonts. There's sans serif and then there's serif. Oh, okay. Uh, and I think you know the difference, right? Like, yeah. Hel Helvetica is sans serif, where it's just these like straight. And then um, serif is a font that has those flourishes at the end of, say, L or S. Yes. Right. Okay. Cool. Those like hooves. Understood. You know, it's just more um, flourishes to the letter. To the, but yeah. So the difference for me is like, <clears throat> I was, I went down. I thought about this for a long time. Um, <laughs> it's gone. This has gone on for many years of me creating an, an alias. Um, and I, I guess it's something to do with the labels, you know, or I'm defining these different sounds. So Lenny okay. Passa would be more Thema, right. Panorama Bar, and Serif would be the more chronicle, Bergheim harder, big room sound. Okay. So, Panorama, give me a second name. Panorama Bar, is there another name that you could mention that could be also? Trezor, Globus. Okay, Globus. The Rex. Rex. You played yeah. at the Rex too. If yes. You could, if you could say one of your most uh, biggest experiences in the club while you was jacking mm -hmm. and one of the best and most inspiring evenings that you've had, name that one. I would say in Trezor. Okay. Uh, not even, at the Rex? Maybe, not at the Rex? No, no. Okay. It was good. We had a good time. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I had a blast okay. a couple times Output? that I played there. Output? Output too. Yeah, yeah. But that was home turf. So okay. it was almost like playing in my backyard. Okay. You know, there's something about flying and going to some place and, you know, playing in this historical, well-known place. But I will also say something like, you know, Sisyphus and playing in the Hammerhall room in there too, man. I've had some journeys in that room where I'm like, wow, I, I can't believe I went there. And uh, that's what I like. I can't believe I had, I can't believe I went there. That's I dope. can't believe I took it there and yeah. everybody was just eating it up, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's on the techno sound. And, I, you know, I would even say like even going years before at playing it like Katholzik, when it was more the lighter, minimal tech house. I mean, okay. I'm cautious to use tech house, but you know, a lighter sound. Yeah, yeah. And uh, going on some journeys over there um, and getting so much love and and all these people coming up to you like, man, what's your name? Where are you from? And they know right away that I'm not from there because of how I play or whatever. They're like, no, yeah, we know that you're not from here. Where are you from? <laughs> And at these, I don't know how I got there moments, mm. what can your dance floor expect to hear in your sets? Uh, I don't know. I would like to say a little bit more soulful, uh, bold. Um, I don't know. Uh, delicate sound but at the same time not too fluffy and not too cheesy <laughs> okay we let, let's 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 separate the venues a small venue mm -hmm. oh so it's like a small venue i don't know uh, um uh what, what would i play yeah what what could they expect to hear from you your oh, personality okay. your, your i guess you know. a deep house side a house side yeah 
Mm-hmm. A Jack in house side, yeah. I mean, okay. it depends on the who's playing, where the person took it before you. Right. You know, I don't like to challenge the crowd too much and go, you know, and start playing like drum and bass. <laughs> you know, well, but I guess I, I guess I guess I take you as a professional, but as a professional that knows what what does your heart and your soul like to present to your dance floor when you have the open... well, I'm a techno DJ. I love rocking Okay, heavy good. big room techno i feel very confident and um really versed in that genre you know as a buyer as a record label owner as seeing it come and go through the generations uh even artists and stuff like that you know and then you know one of the artists is going back to inspiration and i i'm sure it's obvious to who knows me and know the labels and stuff but jeff mills was probably one of my biggest influences of all of it you know from the conceptual aspect to it uh to the to the ambient tracks that i put out on the, on the labels you know i was trying to also get out of the whole cookie cutter format of how all these other record labels were kind of doing these four track, you know, two per side or, you know, one track on each side kind of thing. This was like a cookie cutter thing a lot of labels were doing. And I was like, well, what about all, you know, all these other things that we need as DJs, you know, the intros or something Mm -hmm. experimental. Very thoughtful, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I was, so with my EPs and the way I structure them and stuff like that, I try to give the artists the tools they need throughout the night. And I have to say that that's been very successful for me or for us. Uh, artists and DJs come to me all the time. They're like, man, I love the way, you know, I play your record in the intro and the banging part of the night or the closer. And so I try to give, like, in a way, little LPs, mini albums on each 12 inch. That's fantastic, man. You know, maybe the A side is a little bit deeper, but the B side is some banging techno. You know, and then there's like an ambient little intro outro track that you closed your set with or you opened up your podcast with. That's awesome because that you have from the experience from DJ label mm. owner, mm. you know, you giving the DJ the tools that they need. Yeah. To uh, make a choice and be creative in their mm-hmm. in their sets. With that said, uh, Lenny Paso, mm-hmm. I really appreciate you being <laughs> a you. part of the Decisive Podcast Series Special. It's mm-hmm. been a it's been a great experience to hear you um, speak about what drives you as an artist and what keeps you motivated to do such a hard fucking job, man. <laughs> Yeah, and to keep yourself actually motivated to uh, to do what you do, and uh, I wish you all the best. And Thank I you. am you have a supporter in me, mm. and uh, yes, um, uh, again. Thank you again for being a part of the Decisive Podcast Series special. Cheers, man! Thanks for having me. Right on, bro. Cheers. Cheers.